Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 137. And this is another great one because a crazy week of baseball. Lots of guys are still hot. We didn't think would still be hot. Uh, some teams, especially the Pirates, we're going to talk about them. Halftime, the NFL draft is in a couple of days. Thursday night, we got a couple of scenarios we're going to talk about. Are they true or is it smokescreen? And, yeah. of course, the NBA playoffs have been amazing. A great first half, first round, first half, first of, the half of the round, first round. Say. Yeah, yeah, you could say thank you. And, uh, and a lot of series still going that even the networks didn't think would be going. And you could tell because they've been scheduling them at the same time. And it's kind of ridiculous. But I'm going to talk about it all. Here we go. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And uh, you know what? I'll let Skyler go first for the opener because I know he got to see something finally come to fruition that's been in the works for a long time. Yeah, the Jets made a big move yesterday, Kyle. They re-signed Connor McGovern, our center. He's back. And also uh, this other guy named Aaron Rodgers uh, is coming in a trade. The Jets get Aaron Rodgers pick 15 in a swap. And a fifth round pick. In exchange, the Packers will get the swap to get the better pick this year, a second round pick this year, another sixth round pick, and a conditional pick next season. And if Rodgers plays the whole year, it'll be a first rounder. If he misses four or more games, I believe, uh, he the Jets will only have to give up a second round pick. So it's awesome. We finally got a quarterback. Uh it's amazing. It's official tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be the official introduction presser. And I'm hyped, man, because it's that's another another thing off the checklist. We don't have to worry about is quarterback, hopefully, for another couple of years. Um, next is extending Quinn and Williams, which is great. But uh, as of right now, we got our quarterback. Uh, the draft probably going to look to trade down since uh, moving down a couple picks with the Packers and the swap. Uh, offensive lineman we were looking at probably won't be there anymore. So uh, grab a safety or trade back. And uh, that's the jet report, man. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with my opener Uh, for my opener. I want to talk about Brian Reynolds getting extended for the pirates. And how about that? As far as the pirates go, we'll, we'll talk about them specifically later, Uh, but an eight year, $106.75 million contract that Reynolds signed, uh, has a no has no opt outs a six team no trade list uh, so I mean pretty much going to be a pirate for sure for the next eight years unless you know something crazy happens but this is really cool to see uh, partially just because how these negotiations started Reynolds didn't really want to be a pirate at all and slowly the pirates you know didn't accept the, his like trade request any of that stuff just kind of kept it as that. And the next thing you know, this happens, boom, the t- Pirates are playing well, Reynolds is locked up. And I also want to talk about this as if you were a Pirates fan, because as a team, as a fan of a team who doesn't sign people to long-term yeah. contracts, I can only imagine how good of a feeling it is to know that your star player is going to be playing in your city for the next eight years. Uh, so shout out to the Pirate fans. I know they're pumped up about that, and they're pumped up on how their team is playing right now. Uh, we'll talk about what exactly is going on in Pittsburgh later in the first half, but just wanted to get that off because that's a pretty yeah. cool scenario there. And that's probably the best thing I saw within this past week. 
Uh, team report, Jack kind of, or Skyler already, already kind of did a little bit. Yeah, of, yeah. Of the I just added on the end there. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders, I got nothing right now. We'll see how it goes come Thursday because, you know, one thing I've learned with, with being a Raider fan is don't buy into the narratives. Just wait and fucking respond to how that goes there because you're never mm-hmm. going to know what's going to happen with this franchise. So not giving us anything there, but mm-hmm. we'll see you on uh, Thursday. Yeah, moving it's a new in, starts, Kyle. Moving into the A's talk. Uh, very interesting stuff here yeah. uh, with the A's is that they reportedly have began an agreement to uh, buy land in Las Vegas, uh, which is about a mile down from where uh, Legion Stadium is built, right where the Raiders play. Uh, and there has been a lot of things coming out about this within the last uh, – I don't know. This happened on Wednesday night, so I guess six days ever since this happened. Uh, And it seems like, as an Oakland A's fan, is that the stuff that's coming out isn't that bad of news for us. It seems like Mm -hmm. the Vegas population, Henderson, whatever you want to call it, entire county, whatever, Clark County, is that it? Clark County. I think you're right. I think you're right, yeah. They they're not super pumped up about this. They don't want to spend the money because the A's are asking for five hundred million dollars of tax vendors money and they don't want to do that. Uh, So it seems like they are going to push back against this pretty heavily. Uh, We'll see how that actually gets represented in like actual votes and stuff like this, because I'm pretty sure this needs to be approved. Like uh, the plan of getting the five hundred million needs to be approved by June of this year. So the, the. Timetable's quick, and it has to go quick for them or else they're not going to work out. Uh, and it's not the first time. It wouldn't be the first time that John Fisher and mm-hmm. Dave Cavill have failed to to get one of their planned moves down because they tried San Jose. They tried, like, Fremont or whatever they tried to do. Uh, Howard Terminal. They tried a whole bunch of different spots, yeah. and none of them have worked. So we're hoping that, as A's fans that this doesn't work out in Vegas because that means that, you know, higher chance that we get to Oakland. Uh, yeah. I do know that they do need to have a, uh, like a plan, like a, not just a plan, but a set in stone plan that this is what's happening. And this is what's, when it's going to happen, all this stuff. And beyond that by, I believe January 24th, I think that's the MLB's like deadline for that, or the A's get cut off from revenue sharing for, uh, I don't know if that's for the stadium specifically, or just as a team, you know, getting players and stuff like that. Uh, but if we get to that point in January 2024 and the A's still don't really have a plan, that's when we could possibly see Manfred force Fisher to sell. And yeah. from there, A's fans rejoice because Joe Lacob, I love you and I need you in my life to buy another one of my my teams. Uh, I know I spoke a lot about this so far, Scott. Do you mm-hmm. have anything you want to say or what? Well, what? I have a couple. Yeah, a couple of factors, I think. Uh that will help make the decisions for the A's. Uh, we'll start off with Rob Manfred, the, the commissioner. He was on MLB Network the other day vouching for Fisher and the A's, saying everything they've said is true so far, and we're going to make this happen. I'm rooting for the Las Vegas A's. That that kind of thing was quoted from him. Uh, and we're not welcome in the Coliseum after next season. So it's either going to be really awkward or they're going to go play in the minor league. Even if they don't get the deal done, the aviator stadium holds about 30,000 people. I mean, the future of, you don't think so. It holds about 10, 10. Really? I thought it was the biggest minor league stadium ever. No. Well, then someone was lying to me. (laughs) Rip. Um, 
anyways, I, I if the Blue Jays could play in a minor league stadium for two seasons, I think it might be okay for us to for a year. Uh, and and those things, not that I I'm wanting them to leave. Uh, I think the Oakland atmosphere, especially baseball, was amazing. We had so much fun at those games, but. If it's really going to happen, I want them to do it right because I'm still going to be an Ace fan. So yeah. uh, I, I think you're right. I think you're onto something about uh, the force sale, especially if they don't um, spend some money next season. Then there's there's you know a real problem going on. Not that we're going to be competing next season, but just to to waste another season in Oakland yeah. would be ridiculous. And, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I do also want to point out before we move on to where you had at. Uh, when you look at these like Cavill, Fisher doesn't do interviews, so it's practically just you know uh, Cavill interviewing. Or if you want to talk about even Manfred doing interviews about this certain thing, you got to look at who he's talking to, and if the people that he's talking to aren't these like super informed people, like he's not going to take, they aren't going to take an interview with Casey Pratt or Brody Bazil or somebody like that yeah. that knows the ins and outs of this stuff that can kind of press. Press them where it hurts and see what they really think about this being set in stone. Uh, because as of right now, we don't really know. Uh, and we'll see how it ends up going. But I'm sure that there will be uh, more news about this stuff. as we. By the way, before we move on, I did find the quote uh, about the Aviator Stadium. It was Las Vegas ballpark. Uh, it does hold about 10,000. You're right. But they're talking about um, some some renovations that could hold almost 30,000 to keep them afloat for three seasons in case it's mm. not done until 27. Like they gotcha. talked about, cause I, I don't know. They got a legion up pretty quickly, right? They were in a hurry. It didn't take yeah, them seven years had, like some others. They saw the Raiders play two seasons in Oakland, even after they like mm. announced that they're moving and stuff. So. Yeah. But I, I think they're going to take a hammer to the Coliseum by then. So we're going to need to find a place to play. We'll see. Coliseum don't go down, dude. I swear. There's a, there's a safe that's in one of the will call rooms. And so we, we renovated one of the will call rooms yeah. into a break room and uh, the safe, we were talking to people that like the lady that's worked in will call there for like 30 plus years. She has been there the entire time has never seen it opened. We tried moving it, dude. This thing is like it's part of the foundation possible <laughs> to move. It is insane. Like I, they said it's been there for long, long ass time. So, wow. I don't know. Just something about the call scene that that shit ain't coming down. That that's staying. Uh, but we'll see. <laughs> Moving into where's your head at though? We're doing our normal player pitcher rookie of the week. Let's get it started from rookie of the week, Skyler. How about that? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with Masataka Yoshida, Boston outfielder, ten for twenty this week. That's a 500 average, and that's a legit one. Two home runs. In the same inning, nine RBIs. Uh, what an awesome week for him. Uh, I had high hopes for him. I picked him to be my rookie of the year, and uh, and so far he hasn't disappointed at all. Yeah, but I guess, I mean, if you just take out the eighth inning of that game, what's Mazataka got? You know, a solid eight for 18, no homers, something like that. I'm going with the guy with more of a complete week. I'm going with James Outman, who has been absolutely amazing for the Dodgers so far. And this past week, eight for 22, four homers, nine RBI, 364 with a 1319 OPS. The Dodgers factory does it again, man. Yeah, every single awesome. time, every single time we think that the Dodgers are on the decline, they find this new dude to be a superstar. 
or Jason Hayward starts hitting again because uh, that's how things go for the Dodgers. Like he'd ever hit before in his career. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, the pitcher of the week. Scott, there's some interesting choices here. Yeah, uh, there were before last night. Spencer Strider, eight innings, only gave up two hits, struck out 13. Seven and a third of that was perfect. Until, of course, another infield single, right? That's that's what's been killing these perfect game bids. Uh, but an awesome week for Strider. He finally got over 10 Ks because they let him go eight innings. And uh, he's looking real good, man. Yeah. Uh, my pitcher of the week, I had three guys that I wanted to put on here. I had Strider as one. I had Smiley as another guy, seven and two thirds, who was absolutely amazing. He blew his perfect game on some BS yeah. swing and bunt type stuff. He had 10 Ks. Really the best, he's probably the best outing he's ever had in his career. And for a guy who has been in the league that long, that's kind of shocking. Uh, and then another vet uh, who had two starts this past week, 14 innings pitched, 13 hits, only one run, 12 Ks. That's Alex Cobb, who yeah, threw a it. out last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlikely candidate for something like that. And that was you know kind of a shock factor that kind of helped me put him on this list. But the number one guy I'm going to go with, I'll go with Strider because this dude mm-hmm. is is the real deal. Reason why we picked him for Cy Young, both me and Skyler. Absolutely. Moving on to Player of the Week, though. Yeah, I, and I, I hate to to copy the MLB again, but I, it's Adolis Garcia. He had 400, three homers, most of them against the A's, if not all. 11 RBIs led the MLB, and he helped the Rangers win seven of their last ten. I know they they all weren't in that week, but they they kept the run going. I think they they were. Five out of six, five out of seven in the week. So, you know, great week from Adolis Garcia. The Rangers are still up there. I think they would be. I have erased that Adolis Garcia performance from my mind. So that I'm didn't sorry. actually happen uh, to me. So I went with Max Muncy, who went four for 13, made the most out of those four hits because all four of those were home runs, uh, six RBIs and six walks. Max Muncy is back, leads the league in home runs with 11 Dodgers factory strikes again. I was just thinking about this the other day, you know, every year he's usually leading second baseman in voting, at least for the first month of, of voting. And I'm like, why is he never, you know, finished with 40 or something like that? Homers. It's because he gets hurt every year. So let's pray. He's healthy last year, this year. Right? He was healthy. Yeah. Let's yeah. so yeah, go ahead. The awards. Yeah. Let's move on <laughs> to, uh, See if it's panic time for five teams in the MLB who are off to slower starts than expected. You know, maybe not all of them to the worst starts, uh, unless you are the Chicago White Sox, which are going to be the first thing that we talk about. Seven and 16 to start off the season. When is it time to panic for the White Sox? I'm already panicking. Um, it's, it's, it's really bad. I mean, I, I know you have, you've had a lot of injuries already, and that's not ideal, but... I don't even know what else to say about them. Like you can't even keep it 500 in that division so far. I mean, even Cleveland somehow is, and they've been terrible. It's, it's bad. I'm panicking. It's over. It's, I, I don't think they have any chance. Yeah. I, the White Sox were the only team I said now on the, and the White Sox, I mean, the losers in five in a row, they are playing up in Toronto right now. And I'm sure that's probably not going too well. And they're falling behind in the division, in a division that they should not be falling behind in regardless. Uh, they're behind the Tigers by a couple games. They're behind the Guardians by a couple more games. And then they're behind the Twins by six right now. So uh, yeah. 
I know there's obviously still over 100 games to play, but the White Sox don't, they ain't got it. Their pitchers are hurt. Their fielders <laughs> can't field. Their hitters don't hit when it matters. Louis Bob's was off to a great start, but he's been terrible ever since. And the White Sox just, they're being the White Sox, man. They just underachieving once again. Roster looks good on paper. Dece is great. In action, it's, no. it's, it's terrible. Yeah. Next one, Seattle. So I believe they're winning right now in Philly. Philly is another team that we're mm-hmm. going to talk about. Uh, but a 10 and 12 start for a team that made the playoffs last year, sitting in fourth in the AOS right now uh, with the hot start from Texas and a couple other teams yeah. in that division. When do you panic if you're the Mariners? You know, a lot of things have gone really well for them, even though, you know, on paper, it's not a great start. The rejuvenated bats, Kellenic and France, Castillo, Gilbert, and Kirby have been amazing in the rotation. So I'm not panicking yet. I'll probably start to panic when we get to early July. Uh, J-Rod and Teoscar still hitting under 250. The four and five starters have been terrible. Robbie Ray hasn't figured it out. Uh, that's when I'm panicking. So uh, I'll give them another two months probably because it is a great roster and, and things have gone well. Castillo's been really good. Cy Young material. Yeah. Uh, for the Mariners, I'm saying as long as Houston isn't going crazy. I think at some point we're going to expect to see Texas come back to life because they're hitting 374 with runners in scoring position, and that's not going to stay because yeah. that's Ted Williams coming up to the plate every single time you get runners <laughs> in scoring position, and that's not going to stay. Uh, but as long as Houston isn't you know playing crazy and pulling out from this division where they go 20, 20 and two over like twenty two games or something like yeah. that, then I think Seattle's gonna be fine. Uh, I know I said that this team is not gonna be good this year. I think they're gonna underachieve from their role. But as far as this situation right now, I think you don't need to panic unless Houston goes crazy. Even when they do, you still got a little bit of time. Uh, but not too much time because once Houston gets going, they're going to be going for the rest of the year. Next up is the NL champs from last year. The Philadelphia Phillies sitting at 11 and 12 winners of three in a row, actually. Uh, but their pitching is not good right now. Uh, when is the time to panic? If you are the Phillies, they finally started to turn things around. Like you said, three in a row, seven out of their last 10, but it's the NL East. So if Wheeler and Nola are still struggling in a month from now, then I'm I'm really worried. They should not be behind Miami. Uh, I'm really starting to worry here. I I knew that Bryce Harper was out. We talked about it. That that was my excuse this whole time. But it's not it's not just Bryce Harper anymore. They're kind of a mess, and they keep mashing. It'll help, but you need pitching in the NL East. Yeah, it's uh, I say for the Phillies, it's it's somewhat soon because. I don't think you're going to be able to make the wild card spot with 87 wins like they did last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you look at the NL, you know, the Braves and the Mets are going to be two teams up near the top. Uh, Even if the Pirates choke completely and they fall out of it, there still is Milwaukee. There's still the Cubs. And we know that the the Cardinals, which we're going to talk about soon, probably will figure it out at some point. And then the NL West, we know that the Diamondbacks are going to be around 500 or, or maybe even above it. And then the Dodgers and the Padres are going to figure it out as well, too. At that point, you've talked about eight teams. Mm-hmm. And the Phillies are still not within there. So I think if you're sub-500 come mid-June or other NL teams kind of take off, that's when it's time to panic because 
as of right now, this team isn't isn't good enough to be in the playoffs. Talking about another team in the NL that's off to a slow start. St. Louis Cardinals, nine and fourteen. Kind of the same stuff as, you know, Philadelphia, where they are being able to hit, but they can't pitch and they can't stop guys. Kind of like the issues that we talked about prior to the season starting. Yeah, you're never really out of the NL Central race, so they're not going to be done until October. But it's a little different Cardinals team than we're used to this year. It's it's fair to give the young guys, especially the hitters, another half season to get adjusted to big league pitching. But it's more than that. The St. Louis pitching can't keep up with them right now. They need to find some arms while the offense is catching up because they're 21st in ERA. And Montgomery's been better, but everyone else sucks. Flaherty is, is the ace, of course, but uh, but the other guys, like eight-plus ERAs. It's horrible. Uh, St. Louis needs to figure it out because they can't have both sides. Offense, pitching, struggling at the same time, or else you're going to fall back in the race very fast. Yeah, uh, and we talked about this earlier in the year or prior to the season where we thought the Phillies, or not the Phillies, the Cardinals were going to have kind of a cakewalk in the division. Uh, but get kicked out in the first round of the playoffs because they don't have pitching and it's been those issues, but it's been in the regular season and their, their offense is good. They're getting run production from a lot of spots in the lineup, but the pitching is not good enough to be, you know, these mid to, to low tier teams. Uh, I'm going to say somewhat soon as far as, uh, you know, time to panic. If we get to, outside of maybe right into June and you're say mm-hmm. 10 games out of the division, that's when it's kind of time to be like, Oh shit. Like this, this team actually might just not be it this year uh, because the pitching just can't, can't handle teams. So uh, not going as planned for, for the Cardinals. That's for sure. Last team to talk about, we're talking about the San Francisco giants. Of course, they've won three in a row, uh, but they were six and 13. Now they're nine and 13 just beat the Mets twice. And then the, the Cardinals last night, actually on that Alex Cobb uh, shout out. But this team we expected to be around 500 and they didn't look that part to start off the season. Same issues as Philadelphia and the Cardinals where they can score runs, but they can't pitch. Mm. When is it time to panic? If you're the giants, I'm panicking right now for sure. I, I started panicking when they missed out on judging Correa because no one expected Arizona to be this good. And uh, except for Kyle, of course, <laughs> but because they're, they're average at everything. And th- this current team isn't going to get it done. You know, if, if you really wanted to be aggressive, you could go trade for Otani, I guess, and give away all your prospects. But I would use this season to get those prospects some big league work because this isn't the year it's over. It's panicked. You got to restart. You got to start planning for the off season. So you don't miss out again on everybody. I, uh, I'm actually saying never. Don't panic for the Giants because I think the thing about them is that they aren't winning the World Series this year. And I think if you are the GM, if you're Farhan Saidi, however you say his last name, I always butcher it. Yeah. Uh, you got to realize that your roster isn't there. Even if you have a perfect season, that you're not going to have that 107 win season that you had when everything went right for you a couple mm-hmm. years ago. So you got to take this year to retool. You have a lot of vets on your team that are in one-year, two-year contracts, and you're going to have the ability to trade them once we get to the All-Star break and get some guys back, whether it's you know a prospect that would be the 20th best prospect in your system or you cut, pair a couple of those guys together and you end up getting a guy who's a bit higher in your system. Mm-hmm. 
you've got to take this time to just build up your farm system. And I think, uh, you know, the giants have never really been okay with being bad. And I, in a way that it's like unhealthy for them. I think there's times within MLB franchises when you need to be bad in order to get better. Mm -hmm. And the giants right now, they're kind of stuck in that lull where, you know, they think everything's going to go right for them out of nowhere. And if you realize, Hey, we're not good. Trade these guys. Let's get better in a couple of years and go make a run at it. When we have Marco Luciano up and Elliot Ramos is hitting good. And mm-hmm. Kyle Harrison is your ace or Logan Webb or Webb's going to be there regardless, but it's just not the year. Don't panic. Trade yeah. them away. You remember the last time they were bad, right? Remember what uh, they got? 2017, right? Well, the, the last era. Um, they anyway that what i'm talking about is bonds last couple years where they were they were bad they were shitty because no one wanted to play with bonds anymore but he was still coming out there and trying to break the record the all-time one not the season of course this is i'm talking like 42 year old bonds they got lincecum posey and mad bum three years in a row in the first round so it's it's worked for him in the past yeah trust your trust your mm-hmm. picks all okay. right now we get to talk about what the fuck is going on in Pittsburgh because they are 16 and seven winners of seven in a row. They, uh, it's weird though. Like they don't score a ton of runs. Their pitching is good, but it's not like insanely good, but they have the best record in the NL. What is going on in Pittsburgh? How are they winning games? What is going on? Because they're not even like the greatest, like, Runners in scoring position team or hit with two outs. What's going on in over there? Well, first of all, congratulations to Brian Reynolds. Hopefully it doesn't backfire in this, uh, you know, short burst of, of wins for Pittsburgh. Wasn't just to keep them in town forever. Um, but Pittsburgh has it figured out right now. Top 10 in ERA and OPS. Honestly, they should probably trade some of these arms because it doesn't seem like it's sustainable for guys like Velasquez and uh, Oviedo, of course, you know, especially um, but there's a massive series. They're hosting the Dodgers starting tonight, the first real test. Uh, I think we'll really know. But as of right now, there's there's no way I can say they they sustain this. I think they've gotten lucky. No O'Neill Cruz do. I, I mean, this is crazy. Yeah, it's with Pittsburgh, as a, as much as I wish I could say that this is going to yeah. be sustainable, you look at the roster, you look at their stats, and they're good, but they're not like stellar to the point where you think that this team can really – really go on a run and win this division. Uh, one thing that's made them really good so far this year is that they're super, super consistent. They don't have, they have a lot of guys that are hitting like 280 mm-hmm. on their team. And those guys, you know, they're not having the days where they go like four for four and hit three homers or something like that. They're all going one for four, one for, or two for five, whatever it is like every single day. And so at that point, everybody's contributing and then you're scoring runs and you're winning games. Uh, but there's going to be points where, you know, team has a couple of days down and maybe one guy goes off on a day that everybody else is down and it just ends up losing, losing games. But Pittsburgh's not doing that right now. They're, uh, we're getting it done for now. Holding steady and they're holding steady right now. Cause they're up seven to five in the top of the seventh versus the Dodgers. Uh, but let's go ahead and send it to halftime. Cause, oh, yeah. uh, we're talking NFL draft because that's in a couple days. NFL draft, man. I'm so excited. Thursday. So we're going to play a little game here. 
is this true or is it smokescreen? Got a couple topics, and we're going to start it off with uh, with one of the big ones, the first overall pick. Bryce Young canceled his meetings because he's going number one. Is that true or smoke, Kyle? I think he's going number one. I I, I dig it. Yeah, I, I think it's true. Uh, his his cognition S two test was amazing, ninety eight percentile. That's the new kind of wonder lick they give to quarterbacks to see how well they will process in the NFL. Uh, it's going to be tough at his size, but I, I really think he's the guy for Carolina. Um, number two pick. There's been rumors the Texans are going to go defense over C.J. Stroud or any quarterback, I guess. Is that true or smoke? I dig it. I, I think the Texans are going to get Caleb Williams probably next year, if regardless of what happens this year. Uh, so if you have the ability mm-hmm. to do that, you know, might as well not waste your time with a guy like C.J. Stroud. Go ahead and pick uh, Will Anderson. I think it's smoke. I think it's not really a top-heavy draft with crazy defenders. Um, and I, I think they have to go quarterback at number two. Defense at 12. That, having that number 12 pick, you could probably get a player that's pretty similar. Um, but I, I think Hooker's going to be there at 12, Skyler. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I – I've been seeing some bullshit about Hen and Hooker going in the top 20. I didn't put add it to the list because that's ridiculous. If anyone tells you that, just just stop it. Um, but the number seven pick, the Las Vegas Raiders select. <laughs> you would be mad. You would. I you would be mad. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So at Houston Texans this is what, who I was talking about. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, Nick Casario. They could be trying to get Caleb Williams or Drake May next year. It's very possible. But I'm going to say smoke. They take the guy at two because you don't pick a number two very often in the NFL. Unless the next the one. Texans. Sorry. Unless you're the Texans. Okay. Another team, Seattle. They just extended Geno Smith. But will they also draft Anthony Richardson over defense? No. They're, they're drafting defense. They uh, If they are serious about winning – and I have no clue why they would draft a quarterback because mm-hmm. Gino won over the locker room uh, last year and he won over the fan base. And if you go ahead and just say, fuck you, Gino, we're drafting the quarterback at pick number three. then uh, you know, Gino ain't going to be happy and he ain't writing back. <laughs> I also think it's smoke. Uh, Gino looked really good last year and Seattle hasn't been able to stop the run in years. Tyree Wilson or Jalen Carter, one of them should be there for him at their pick and that's who they should take uh moving on here some more craziness the quarterback order still not decided there's not a consensus order of you know who the top quarterback is right now even though bryce young seems like he's he's the guy at number one um will will levis go before cj stroud like a lot of people think someone will trade up for him i'm gonna go ahead and say yeah i think uh stroud has the chance to be that guy that kind of you know falls out of I don't know whether it be the top six or top seven, whatever it ends up being. Uh, But I think he could be the last guy taken of these quarterbacks just because, you know, all these other guys, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, they have something about them that really, really stands out. And Stroud kind of, you know, he's decent at everything, but he doesn't have that thing that super stands out about him. So uh, I'll say, yeah, you know, the team is going to fall in love with Will Levis and take him really, really early. Yeah, I'm going to say it's smoke, but only if Houston doesn't take 
the quarterback at number two. You know, someone will come up for these quarterbacks. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I I don't think Stroud is is going before Levis unless unless uh, someone trades up to number two. So I can't. So uh, here's a team. How about the Titans? The Titans have been publicly shopping Ryan Tannehill. Will they trade up for a quarterback? Yes. I well no. They're just going to use their pick and draft a quarterback. I like They're that. Not going to trade up. They're going to go ahead and take a, like a hooker or, well, I can't say a hooker, a Hendon hooker. Oh my gosh, uh, or a Jake Hayner or somebody like that. I don't know, but not trade up. Mm-hmm. You know what? I I think they will. I think they will. They've been publicly bashing Malik Willis all week. Ryan Tannehill's been been shopped and. Um, I think they're definitely going to try to get Richardson or Levis uh, if one slips past the Raiders at seven. And, and we'll talk about them next. But uh, I think the Titans are going to do it. There have been rumors about Derrick Henry, but I think it's the other way. I think they're buying. I think they're trading up, trying to get a new quarterback because they messed up. All right. Here's your team, Kyle. The Raiders. There have been reports that they're looking corner instead of quarterback because they're happy with Jimmy G. What do you think? Uh, I hope we're not too happy. Uh, I hope we're take a quarterback. However, if we do draft the corner, it better be Charles Woodson because uh, I do not want to go through DJ Hayden again or yeah. TJ Carey. So give me give me somebody good if we're going to do it. I think they will. And for that reason, too, I think they're going to get somebody good. Um they, they've been saying, at least, you know, their writers have been saying that they really like what Jimmy G has been saying so far in the building and heavily linked to corners this entire week. Gonzalez or Witherspoon likely going to both be there, especially if Detroit trades back at six. So they're going to get their pick. I, I think it could be Christian Gonzalez. He kind of fits, uh, fits the scheme over there and he's he's pretty nasty, too. So I wouldn't be upset if I were you. Yeah, but so, who's going to be playing quarterback in the long term? Rick May. <laughs> we got two more left here in halftime. Bijan Robinson, the Texas running back, one of the best players in the draft. Will he go in the top 10? No. Running backs aren't that valuable. They're, nobody is. Interesting. I'm going to say that this does happen. Atlanta at number eight. Atlanta loves three players. I, I believe they're one of those teams that, you know, if they only like seven players in the entire draft, those are the only players on their board. They ignore everyone else. So Tyree Wilson, edge rusher, could possibly even go to two to the Texans, is what I've been hearing. Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon, possibly going to you guys at seven. So if both of those guys are gone, I think their next best player would be B. John Robinson. Arthur Smith takes a guy who can try to change the struggling offensive scheme, save his job. I think they're getting desperate. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I was just looking at him crazy. <laughs> Last one here of halftime, the NFL draft, true or smokescreen, the Vikings are actually going to be the team that moves up for a quarterback. I don't, I don't think they're going to move up either. I think they're kind of just going to stay same spot, you know, maybe take a guy in the later rounds. But I'm fine with Kirk if I'm, you know, mm. the Vikings. They they did well with him last year. I think Kirk Cousins is pretty underrated. He gets a bad rap because of, you know, the primetime Kirk, you know, 
You had to have 10 a.m. Kirk in order for him to win. Uh, but he's a good quarterback, and I think he gets really overhated in this league. I also think it's smoke. I don't think they'll be trading up. I've heard they like Trey Lance, but San Francisco isn't actively shopping him without getting the right price. Like you said, Kirk Cousins is probably fine, but Minnesota is one of those teams that takes a chance on guys, even when they have a good quarterback. The You know, Kellen Mond taken you know probably three rounds earlier than he should have but i'm talking about bridgewater a guy who was supposed to be a day two or day three pick they took him traded up what was it 31 or 32 just to get that fifth year option and i think it's possible they could do it again but i don't think they'll trade up for it either trade back or take a a hand and hooker type guy in the second or third round so that's true or smokescreen i'm excited for the draft next the second half all righty welcome back to the second half we are talking nba playoffs because like we said in the beginning we are about halfway through the first half or first series in the nba (laughs) it's tough to say you're right Uh, i had it in my mind oh so backwards uh so we will start with the no series is going on uh the play tonight uh first off with the hawks and the Celtics. Celtics are up three to one in the series. They're currently up sixty-six to fifty-eight uh, at halftime. This one should be leaning towards the Celtics. Dejounte, no Dejounte Murray, Murray suspended in this game because he made contact with the ref after the end of game four. Some bullshit. Uh, this series has been a little interesting, a little scary. Uh, once we got past game three for the Celtics, because the Hawks played a pretty good game four. Uh, but once that series or game was won in Atlanta for Boston, it kind of you know made this feel pretty comfortable for them. Uh, are you kind of getting the same thing that I got, Skyler, or do you think the Hawks got something that we're not seeing? No, no, I, I think you're right, especially this DeJounte Murray suspension that, that deletes any chance they did have today, in my opinion. Uh, the real story is just what's going to happen with this team after they eventually do lose it to Boston today. Mark Stein, NBA writer forever, says Trey Young trade is very unlikely. So um, even though he has a you know defensive liability, apparently has hurt his value on the trade market, and that's uh, shit's about to get real ugly in Atlanta. Uh, it's just the beginning. Yeah, uh, I don't have anything on their future, but Atlanta. Is mid. I'll say that. I know that was kind of a lucky thing that it just popped up, right? Yeah. <laughs> Next up, uh, the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. Nuggets won the first three games. Timberwolves got the win. Uh, They're being gentlemen. Gentlemen sweep. They're, they yeah. were. They were just being gentlemen, Kyle. It's over tonight. Um, Jokic hasn't had to do much, but he he did turn it on a little bit uh, at the end of last game when he realized the sweep was in in danger. So maybe we we see a little blowout tonight from Denver. Uh, but you know Minnesota. Minnesota has heart, just not enough skill. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're back in the ball arena tonight in Denver, so yeah, we'll see how that goes for Minnesota. Uh, next up, another game. The last game tonight is the Clippers and the Suns. This series started off interesting, but with no Paul George and now no Kawhi Leonard, and it's really just Russell Westbrook going against the Suns. We're gonna see this series end probably tonight, don't you think? Yeah, I think this one's uh, done tonight. Another series that's coming back, back to the the higher seeds home. Um, I don't know how Norman Powell and Westbrook have been doing it this long, but uh, 
it's been pretty cool, but it's over tonight. Uh, Phoenix is great. I think they're the best team in the West. We're going to see that tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Phoenix is probably going to put them away. They're 12 and a half point favorites tonight. So back at home too, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's probably the last, last game for the Clips. Uh, I, w- I guess we can mention the Sixers sweep of the Nets. I believe that's the only series that has ended so far. Uh, no gentleman sweep there. Even without yeah. Embiid in that game four, the Sixers were in Brooklyn and they took them down. So Philly looks yeah. to be off to a hot start. Uh, uh-huh. and Brooklyn is obviously out of the playoffs now, uh, but we kind of saw that coming with how their roster was after you know that big deal or a couple big deals to send their players away. Uh, the other four series is play tomorrow, and the game at 4.30 tomorrow is going to be the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Lakers up 3-1 in this series. I picked them to win. Skyler did not. Can we see the Grizzlies come back 3-1? Or is the King moving on to the second round? I think it's possible. I really do. That's why I picked them, because I think Memphis is a good team. But the Lakers have have been more physical than them somehow. They have been shooting a whole lot better. I mean, Ja had a couple games where he took over, but overall Memphis has been shooting terribly. And for that reason, I think the Lakers win game six when they come back to L.A. Uh, I think it's over. I saw what I needed to see. It's unfortunate, but Lakers are moving on. Yeah, I'm going with the same thing where the Lakers aren't going to win game five. I think Memphis protects home court, but once they go back to L.A., it's over. And I think what's interesting about this is I'm pretty sure – they, oh wait, never mind. Okay, I thought they yeah. scheduled because I was looking at the series uh, on, I believe last night. I was looking at the rest of the games and it showed that they scheduled a back to back, which doesn't seem right. And now I'm looking uh-huh. at it, it says TBD. So uh, maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe ESPN was just being stupid. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah. But no back to back there. I think the Lakers will go ahead and handle. Uh, not tomorrow, but in game six and move on. Remember when they were a 13 seed and I told you they were going to make the playoffs. (laughs) Now you're pulling that on me. Uh, Next up, the Knicks and the Cavs. Knicks up three, one, you know, New York is absolutely loving that right now. Uh, Series shifts back to Cleveland for game five. Uh, Will the Knicks put this one away or are we going to see the Cavs come back down from 3-1. I got another, another game six here. They're going to get it done at the Garden. And, uh, again, I don't, I don't mean to, uh, you know, repeat again here, but the Knicks rarely play two great games back-to-back. And especially with, uh, you know, uh, Julius Randle benching, how is that going to change the rotation? Quentin Grimes is hurt. Uh, I just I, – I don't want to put any money on on the Knicks being able to win a back-to-back with uh, – with, you know, problems going on in the organization, but uh, they'll, they'll win in six or seven. Yeah. I think uh, the Knicks win in six. I think it's uh, probably going to be a tough game in Cleveland. You know, that's always going to be a tough atmosphere to play in when you are, uh, you know, on the road trying to close out a series. Uh, But the Cavs don't have it right now. And the Knicks got all the vibes back in the garden. I think they're going to be just fine in game six in like all the Knicks fans say, Knicks in six. That's a big thing for them. Uh, another game tomorrow is going to be the Heat and the Bucks. Another series that is at three to one right now, except for it's not the team that you were going to think to lead this one. It's the Heat up three one in this series. The series is back in Milwaukee. 
do you think that this is going to happen for the Heat? Or can the Bucks legitimately come back from down 3-1? I have to change my mind. And I sent this out to the boys last night. I'll say it again. Thank God I picked Boston to win the East because Milwaukee is not looking great. And I, I trust Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Butler is your father to drop another crazy 40-plus point game in the next three games than I do to, to not see it at all. I, I just trust him to get it done at least one more time. So even if it takes him seven games, I have to take the heat. And it's, it's insane. But that's what I've been seeing, man. Yeah. I, I think when you could get to this point in the series, it's very uh... – Especially with a guy like so uh, such a polarizing player such as Jimmy Butler that yeah. is, you know, this completely different animal once he gets to the playoffs. It's very tough to say that this guy will not win one over the next three games. Yeah. Because it just feels like it's going to happen. With how it went last night in that insane game where he had 56 <laughs> on the Bucks. I mean. Fourth, tied for the fourth most ever for a playoff game. Yeah, the momentum is completely is completely in in the Heat's hands. And I think it's probably not going to be next game. It might not be in game six either. But I think the Heat will will win this series, move on to the second round. Lastly, uh, one that is a bit closer to me and Skyler's heart. The only series that is two to two right now. Uh, Sacramento won the first two. Warriors won the second two. Series shifts back to Sacramento tomorrow night. What yeah. is going to happen in this series, Skyler? Best of three now at this point. You know, like like you said, the only series to be tied at 2-2, and it really seems that way. It feels like, you know, they're switching off extremely hard blows to each other. You know, like uh, Wiggins misses game winner in the corner game one. Uh, Barnes misses it in the last game. You know, Draymond gets suspended, but oh, wait. Um, Fox has a broken broken hand. He's going to play, but his, but his finger's fucked up, and he can't shoot already. So, um, you know, this one's going to come down to the wire and I have to take the Warriors because I've seen them do it every single year up until right now. So I'm going to take them in seven games. Um, I hope I'm not wrong, but, but this is going to be a fun finish either way. Skyler. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I think you're wrong. Stubs and six, dude. <laughs> come on. Like it's the dubs are the team that I will trust my entire life to pull through with things because they have my entire life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you, Fox, <laughs> we'll see how bad that finger is hurting tomorrow. Cause we're going to know right away if he is tentative at all, or if he's just as aggressive as he's been in the prior series. And if he's not able to do much, that means Malik Monk is going to have to be that guy. And it also makes the Warriors defense a whole lot easier. They don't have to guard mm-hmm. a guy like De'Aaron Fox as much. And they're able to maybe sag off of him and make it kind of tougher for him to drive, whatever they want to do there. Uh, and then Sacramento, I expect it to be loud as hell tomorrow because even though it's not an elimination game for them, it really does feel like it because, you know, if you don't win that game, you have to go back to Chase Center and Chase Center. And there's a good really chance they're not coming up. back home. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, good thing they are close to home, though. They won't have to pay for any extra. Yeah, you know, they won't get any more Southwest miles. They'll just have to drive back in uh, what the bus. Yeah. I don't know. They're probably not taking a bus uh, <laughs> to Chase Center, but uh, they could be driving themselves. You never know. Yeah, I don't know. Liability, maybe. 
Yeah. Uh, it's not high school. I don't know. Yeah. Driving to away games, though. That's kind of crazy. Maybe got to think the only people to ever do that would be like maybe uh, Lakers to Clifford games. <laughs> they're playing in the same arena. Or Dennis uh, Rodman coming from Vegas. <laughs> uh, I don't know how close Jersey is to the Garden. I don't know if that's that close or Philly to one of those two. Like that's, that's a couple hours maybe, yeah. but uh, uh, that's a good one. I don't know. You probably couldn't do that from state to state, though. I mean, I, and for I, Warriors, Warriors Kings, it's it's not quite that know, much. Dude. I don't know. That'd be crazy, dude. That'd Tweet be a long drive home if you if you lose <laughs> lose a playoff series and then kind of drive you know two hours home. That fucking sucks. But uh, oh well. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the layups and bull predictions. Then let's get alrighty. On out of here because we had talked about all eight of the series now at this point uh last week i had the twins over boston on wednesday that did indeed happen uh the yankees over toronto on saturday Very that cool. also did happen this week i have arizona over kansas city tomorrow night and that is a zach gallon start versus one of the worst offenses of baseball so give me give me arizona man yeah yeah, I really wanted to go another Garrett Cole start because I got them three weeks in a row, but I didn't. I went with the Twins at home, taking down Kansas City, one of the worst offenses in the league, with Pablo Lopez. I think they're going to get it done at home. Uh, moving on to bold predictions. My bold prediction last week is that the Dubs are going to win this series. This is when they were down 2-0. Still holding true to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, had Bucks beat Miami in five. I didn't realize Giannis's injury was was a real injury. I thought they were just sitting him because they were getting smack. That's uh, <laughs> that's too bad yeah. at this point. That won't be happening. No. Uh, but the Miami could win in five. That'd be tough. But uh, this week I have Ian Happ home run on Wednesday against the San Diego Padres. That is a Michael Waka start for the San Diego Padres. And that's somebody who Ian Happ has history against hitting three homers against them in 11 at bats. Like, what are you talking about? There must be some history. (laughs) So I did this a couple weeks ago. I didn't hit and I want to get one of these, right. And I think Ian Happ is a pretty good guy to, you know, hit it out in the windy city. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going with another game on Friday though. Uh, Tigers with the upset win over Baltimore. That's an Eduardo Rodriguez, E-Rod, start against Grayson Rodriguez battle of the, of the rods. Erod's Erod's been, been looking pushing good. P, bro. Yeah. Like, just like Kyle said, Erod's pushing P and Baltimore. I don't trust enough to, uh, to stop the P from be, being pushed with the two, three, two ERA. <laughs> I know exactly what Man. I'm talking about. That's going to do it for episode one, uh, 37. Oh yeah. Pretty, give me a pretty couple Interesting days for for A's and Raider fans just like me because we got Mason Miller going tonight. We got Louise Medina making his debut tomorrow. And then on Thursday, we got the NFL draft. Yeah. Not to mention tomorrow, we also have the Dubs game. So, uh, oh, yeah. A lot of stuff there. And that Next should be week. Uh, fun. <laughs> Episode 138 NFL draft grades. Dubs choke? Question mark. No, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> NFL draft grades for all 232 picks. No. Yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be great, man. But uh, 
Yeah, another headline possibly for next week. Juan Soto cooked? Find out. Find out next week. We'll be talking about it next Tuesday. Have a great draft, everybody.